What's up? According to Sources Football Podcast, welcome back. It's been a long time since we've uh, been on here to talk some football with you guys. My name is Alex Burns. I'm your host. I'm joined, as always, by TJ Striano. TJ, what's been going on in your life? Are you alive? I, I am. I have survived COVID so far. <laughs> I, I have some Chick-fil-A breakfast right now, so I'm happy. That's all that matters right there. Man, it's been a um, couple months, at least, since we've lasted a podcast. Uh, we decided we were going to kind of take a little bit of a, a break while you know the NFL season was quiet and there wasn't a lot going on in the offseason. And we were, to be honest with you, I was a little hesitant there was even going to be an NFL season um, up until about a month and a half ago or something. Um, so now that we're getting closer to the season and, and there's going to be a season and, and the NFL is doing amazing, um, they're going to amazing lengths to be safe and smart and um, – you know, responsible with this whole COVID pandemic. I'm getting really excited. I'm getting that football itch. Are you? Oh yeah. I'm ready for the season. I uh, was playing Madden the other day and did a draft and like, I've been craving football so much. I like decided ahead of time. I'm gonna try to play like 10 seasons of that Madden team. <laughs> That's how much I miss football right now. Yeah. I mean, it's been weird. And thinking about the season football or the NFL in particular got really lucky with the timing of everything. You know, with COVID, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of hit and, and really, you know, became real bad a problem in a pandemic in, in this country, um, like right after the Super Bowl, I feel like. So they kind of had an entire offseason to plan and prepare, whereas the NBA, I mean, just ruined the middle of their season, um, shut it down. So uh, there's going to be some football. What will be um, a little less than three weeks away. I'm so excited. Um, I don't even know what to say, but uh, I want to jump in, want to talk about some stuff, have a couple good topics. Um for the show today, just basically going to recap kind of where we're at in training camp, right? Teams have yeah. been, um, they've been, they started training camps a couple weeks ago and uh, most of the teams have gone on to padded practices. And, and so we're going to talk about kind of where we're at uh, around the league, rapid fire, what's going on in the NFL, some people that are standing out, some, some players that are standing out. And then we're going to end with a little bit of a, a fantasy focus and talk a little bit about fantasy football. So uh, before we get started, uh, first news that is important 77 false positives came back yesterday. False positive COVID tests. Um, I know multiple teams postponed their practice or even canceled their practice just out of precaution. Uh, I think the Bears led all teams. They had nine uh, false positive tests. Um, but thankfully, it, it's come back and it's it's not true positive. It's false positives. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I. it's crazy because you haven't seen this with the NBA or the MLB yet. But the NFL, before they even get started, they have this happen, which is insane. But it's also cool for the NFL because they got, like, a like taste of what could potentially happen midseason with, like, a huge breakout. So they kind of, like, got to prepare themselves for what could happen if they have nine players test positive midseason, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're saying it was a contamination issue. I know that the, the league had um, a lab called BioReference um, do a little investigation on that, kind of look into that. Um, but, yeah, like you said, um, you know, thankfully – it was false positives, um, but it, it does give the NFL a really good test run going into the, the season. Um, I was in line at Starbucks when the news broke that there was, uh, you know, the Bears are shutting practice down because of uh, potentially nine positive tests. It was before it came out that it was, you know, false positives. And I remember my, my heart, I'm just, come on, like, not now. I've put so much work in this, in this past, like, couple weeks prepping for the season and studying for fantasy. I'm like, please don't let this just all go to waste. I mean, that would have been such a bummer. Yeah, I do think uh, Sean Payton made a proposal to do a playoff bubble 
for the NFL, like have them all in like a couple of different areas, kind of like the NBA is doing. And I think that could get a lot more traction now with that. Cause even though it was false positives, it was a huge scare for the NFL. Yeah. So you could see them be rethinking how they're going to approach the rest of the season now. Yeah. My only thing with that is I just feel like looking at the NBA and how the NBA has done the bubble and they've done it successfully. Um, mm-hmm is just how much logistics and planning went into that. And I just, I don't, knowing the NFL is what it is, I just don't see the NFL being able to, number one, give that much attention to detail, and number two, do it during the during the regular season. I think yeah. there's going to be a bubble. They should have started planning with the months they had um, after yeah. the Super Bowl um, for that. But, I mean, hey, if, if that's the only way we can have football um, – and, and or the, you know the playoffs in in case we have a second wave or something happens, I'm all for it, really. Yeah. So yeah, and another thing I just just thought about too, um, you know how Hard Knocks is is on. There's been two episodes. Well, there's a YouTube show I've been watching a little bit. It's called Building the Browns. It's almost like a mini Hard Knocks for the Cleveland Browns football team. It's super interesting. <laughs> I was watching it last night, and it was kind of given an in-depth look of some of their safety measures and stuff they're doing to protect people from COVID. It's insane. I guess when the players check in, they get this little patch. I think they talked about it on Hard Knocks a little bit. This little chip that goes kind of like in there, like a little, like an arm sleeve or something. And I guess uh, it just kind of pings with all the other, you know, people that are wearing the chip that are around them. And so if somebody were to test positive, they could go back and pull the data and see like every single person that that the one who tested positive came in contact with, like in the last like two weeks. Mm. I'm like, that's crazy. That is crazy. The technology there to be able to figure that out, and it just. It just goes to show the NBA and the NFL um, are just going to all these crazy lengths to make sure that uh, nothing comes in and, and messes up the season. thought it was cool. Yeah, not to stay on this topic too long, but, like, even Phil Rivers said this. I think it was it's probably, like, June when he brought this up. He's like, what happens if a starting quarterback goes down? Like, your team season's ruined then. Yeah. Like, so it's gonna, there's going to be more safety precautions added, I'm sure, with the false positives. The stuff they've already added is great from what I've heard and what you were just talking about even. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm happy we're going to have football. So uh, let's actually get into some football now. Uh, some mm-hmm. big news of, of the weekend. Earl Thomas, oh boy, released from the Ravens. Uh, that kind of escalated real quick. I think it was the end of last week. Um, he was sent home for practice after getting an altercation. And next thing you know, uh, he is released because no one wanted to trade for that salary. So uh, what do you think is going to happen? Where is he going? Uh, is he playing? Um, what do you think? I I know everybody's hoping for Dallas, and I'm sure he's hoping for Dallas. I just don't think it's realistic. They they still have to sign Dak. Dak's playing on the on the franchise tender right now, and how are you going to extend Dak at thirty forty million dollars a year while adding another star safety to that defense? You know they've yeah. already done a lot. They and with the projected salary cap supposed to drop down next year instead of going up like it traditionally does, like they just there's no way. I don't even know if they'll be able to take Dak next year with yeah. the salary cap going down. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying like Jerry Jones would do this, but there's just I just feel like there's been such a connection between Earl Thomas and the Cowboys uh, dating back like even three years ago when he chased Jason Garrett in the locker room after a win or uh, one of their games and was just like, hey, come get me. And it was just all the all over the news. He wanted to be in Dallas. And I just would it surprise you, though, if Jerry Jones was like, screw you, Dak Prescott. I'm not paying you what you're worth. I have Andy Dalton on the bench for next season. Like you can go elsewhere and get your money. I'm going to sign a nice bona fide star safety. I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously quarterback, in my opinion, Dak Prescott's way more important than uh, Earl Thomas is, but 
I don't know. I mean, you probably yeah. disagree with that because you you think Dak Prescott is kind of made on the the backs of his the talent around him. Yeah, I think you prioritize the quarterback either way. You find a quarterback that succeeds in your system, so you should be prioritizing him. But Earl Thomas is like Hall of Fame caliber, elite, like sideline to sideline range safety, and be like he's personally one of my favorite players in the NFL. Like I was like dying for the Giants to draft him the year he came out of Texas. Was one of my favorite players in college. So like I'm a huge Earl Thomas fan, but I don't know. It depends what they think about Andy Dalton, honestly. Because yeah. if they think they get similar play out of Andy Dalton, I'd rather have Andy Dalton and a star safety than a quarterback they could get for half the cost. Ooh, that's a that's a hot take. It's like a, it's a team building thing, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones. I mean, he's done crazier things. Um, so if he doesn't go to Dallas, where do you think he's going? Do you have another team you wouldn't be surprised to see him sign with? I've seen the uh, the Chiefs thrown out a lot, which sounds like a stretch because like their salary cap situation is awful as well. <laughs> um, I could see Houston. I think you listed them as a potential one mm-hmm. just because of the Texas connection. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, there's not a lot of teams that make sense that, like, have that need. There was a really deep free safety class this year. It wasn't a great safety class as a whole, but most of the safeties were, like, Earl mm-hmm. Thomas-type safeties. So, like, the teams that needed them addressed it already. Yeah. I also – I originally had um, Atlanta um, written down mm-hmm. as a p- potential team, but then while I was kind of going through the podcast, it came out and Dan Quinn said that he's not interested in signing uh, Earl Thomas. So <laughs> – Erase that yeah. one. I just thought maybe the, the connection between Dan Quinn at Seattle and, and when Earl Thomas was there, maybe that would have provided something. But, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, it'll be if interesting. You, um, I think he'll play. I think he'll sign pretty soon. I don't think he's going to be out too long. Yeah, I'm trying to – maybe – no, because they already have old safeties. I was going to say maybe the Patriots and try to get a Super Bowl push out of it. But they have Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung already. Well, Patrick Trauma opted out. Um, so That's right, yeah. Kyle so, Duggar's going to be starting – I thought about that too. I was like, huh. Cause I did think about that. And I was like, well, they have Patrick Chung. And then I, I saw that he opted out a couple months ago. That would be super interesting. Um, and it also wouldn't surprise me with all the players they have opted out on defense. Um, I mean, that, that would be, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he signed with the, the Patriots, but uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be out too long, um, but we'll see what happens with him. Um, moving on Yannick and Gakwe um, been on the Jaguars for, couple years now um, the situation has been awful I mean even even towards the end of last year demanded a trade they put him on the franchise tag and now he's sold he's not playing unless he gets traded Um, there's been some talk this week about them possibly being close to a trade Um, what are your thoughts there do you think he gets traded soon and and if so where do you think he goes yeah I think he's getting traded really soon considering the fact that he just signed the tender he was like adamant like I am not playing Jacksonville I won't I won't play if I have to like stay in Jacksonville so the fact that he signed that makes me think there's like a lot of steam picking up yeah. for the trades. Um, there has been talks about the Raiders and then the guys over at the draft network were talking about some potential people that make sense, like need and cap space wise. And the one that really stood out to me, they threw out was the Browns, oh, which wow. it might be a little, might be a little rich for the Browns blood considering the extension. They just gave Miles Garrett, but they have, they have nobody opposite him. They have Olivier Verdon. Like that's it. Hmm. So that would be a nasty duo. in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I also, I have Tennessee down. Um, I just know Tennessee was a target we talked about, um, you know, it kind of, in, kind of heading into the season, um, maybe a, a target for um, Jadavian Clowney to, to sign for, and mm-hmm. he still remains unsigned. So maybe, maybe Tennessee's an option that wants to come and get him. Um, yeah. Um, I would have to agree. I don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, we've heard about this saga for, you know, months now, almost a year. I just, yeah, I don't know where he's going to go. 
Um, but yeah, so like you said, maybe there's some steam picking up there as, as it's in the news, and, and they said yeah. they're, they're extremely close to be traded. So uh, The Raiders would be a real surprise. Yeah, I know we already talked about that. They'd be a real surprise. I really like Max Crosby and like Cleveland Farrell was the fourth overall pick for a reason. So it'd be weird of them to trade for him. Yeah. Well, he's got to go somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely got some talent and he's good at his position. And, uh, you know, he's a game changer. So uh, we'll see. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about some training camp injuries. Uh, man, it just, I don't know about you, just seems like a ton of players are getting injured. Serious injuries too. Uh, probably from being out, out, you know, off for so long and, and kind of, rushing back and trying to get in shape ready for week one and no preseason um, to kind of just do test runs and stuff. So the, the biggest one I put down, uh, Gerald McCorry uh, ruptured his quad. I feel awful for him. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I know they released him. He says he wants to stay involved with the Cowboys and help, you know, uh, be a part of, of helping the defensive line throughout the season. But that's a big blow. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, that's – it was a lucky blow in the sense of, like, of all the teams that have lose a starting defensive tackle, they were the most positioned to lose the starter. Mm-hmm. Their defensive line is just so, so deep. But sucks for Joe McCoy. I feel like this is like his first real chance to maybe like make a playoff run mm-hmm. that he's had in his career. He's been on some good teams, but like this Cowboys team is loaded with talent. Yeah. So he's missing out on his first real chance, in my opinion. Yeah. And and while we're on the topic, um, you know, he like you said, they have a lot, a lot of talent. There's also been some news that Alden Smith has been maybe we're going to play nose tackle and he's been impressing early on in, in training camp. What do you think about yeah. that? That's terrifying. I think I sent that to you on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and it was like, I'm scared. Yeah. As a giant, imagine you were terrified. <laughs> yeah. So this is something we weren't planning talking about, but they signed Everson Griffin already. They have DeMarcus Lawrence. They have Tyrone Crawford. They have Tristan Hill. They drafted last year. They have Malik Collins. And then you can bring in Alden Smith to rush straight up the middle on centers and guards. That's just unfair. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Um, Miles Sanders, lower body injury. Um, I'm not too worried about that personally. Um, I think the Eagles are just kind of monitoring his reps heading into the season, wanting to make sure he's fresh. Um, Yeah, I I don't really think anything about that one, but still it is noteworthy. Um, Speaking as he is, you know, a big fantasy guy going into drafts and and, uh, kind of a a consensus top 12 pick. Uh, Tyree Kill. Mm -hmm. Now this this concerns me a little bit more. Uh, late last week, running a route, catching a pass from uh, backup quarterback Chad Henney, pulled up, went inside with training staff, and has been diagnosed with a hamstring injury. I don't think it's deemed serious. Um, might keep him out a couple days. I think that's what Andy mm-hmm. Reid said. Um, but this is a guy who's dealt with hamstring injuries, you know, a lot last year. Uh, kind of forced him to miss a couple games. Um, and somebody who relies so much on speed, I just you hate to see somebody like that dealing with a hamstring injury um, heading into week one. Hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully he can bounce back from it. I just don't heading into fantasy football drafts. Like I really high on Tyreek Hill this year, and I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't like like drafting him hanging that, with that hanging over that he could be you know dealing with a hamstring injury off and on throughout the season. That's gonna just limit his play. I don't know. Any thoughts on yeah. that one? Yeah, I was actually gonna say the same thing you just said. It's like the players that are built around speed when they have those hamstring injuries. It seems to be something that just doesn't go away for the entire yeah. season. They'll like they'll only miss like a game or two at a time, but it'll be like they play three games and then it re, like reaggregates and then keeps yep. going like that all season long. It just lingers and it just Nicole Hardman it, season though. Literally, as soon as the news came out, it wasn't really known how serious of an injury his hamstring was. I mean, it, he was able to walk off the field. It wasn't like he was carted off or anything. But uh, that's my first thought. It was like Nicole Hardman season season um, coming up strong. So um, another injury to a wide receiver. This one actually made me feel bad. Jalen Hurd. 
uh, tore his ACL in, in training camp. He's going to miss the entire season. Uh, dude, did, did he miss all of his rookie season? Yeah, and, like, I feel super bad because he's one of those players that, like, made a position transition his yeah. senior year, I want to say, and, like, a lot of hype was around him because he was doing really well with that being his first year as a wide receiver. And 49ers were huge on him, but now he's not going to play again. Yeah. Like, he might end up getting cut just because he can't get healthy. Awful. Just awful. And and what's even more awful is <laughs> all the receivers that are getting hurt for San Francisco. I mean, Debo Samuel's out with a broken foot. Probably not going to come back until week one. Um, I don't think he'll land on the pup, but he, he might miss a game or two to start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Hurd and now Brandon Ayuk. Um, I'm super high on Brandon Ayuk this year. I think he's one of the best rookie receivers. Yeah. Anytime you, you draft a guy in the first round, I mean, he's going to he's gonna come out and be a part of your offense. Uh, he uh, pulled up with a presumed hamstring injury yesterday in practice. Um, so who does it leave us with in the, in the receiving core? Kendrick Bourne? That's all I could think of off the top of my head because they traded Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. We've already named their other like four starting receivers. <laughs> Kendrick Bourne season. Forget about Mikola Hardman seasons. Kendrick Bourne season and George Kittle season. I was going to say George Kittle and whoever ends up getting the most carries out of that backfield yeah. season. It's going to be interesting. Well, San Francisco was a super run-heavy team last year. I think they re- led the NFL in rush attempts, um, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least they were top three. But, um, yeah, who knows? I mean, that defense is super dom- dominant, so they're probably going to want to sit on the, the, the ball a little bit and run a little bit more. But George Kittle's definitely the focal point of that offense. So, uh, hopefully, IU can get better um, and come back by week one. And But it's just yeah. – the thing that sucks about that, though, is is as a rookie receiver in a shortened offseason, those reps he's going to be missing, it's just so important with his quarterback. Yeah, and the weird thing, too, is, like, why is it just 49ers having this many concentrations of injuries? Yeah. Like everybody else, it's kind of all over the place. You got the Cowboys, you got the Eagles, you got the Chiefs, you got the Broncos. But, like, there's three players out of, like, the ten notable injuries from one team. Just unlucky. That's really weird. Maybe that Super Bowl hangover is kind of hitting them a little early. Maybe. Hopefully not. I, I'm a big fan of Kyle Shanahan, so don't yeah. want to see them fall flat like Sean McVay did the next year. Yeah. Oof. Uh, speaking of Broncos, KJ Hamler, hamstring injury. He's going to be out for a while. Um, not sure how much. They didn't really give a timetable, but uh, another situation like Ayuk, a rookie receiver um, with his young quarterback, Drew Locke. You know, in time they should be building rapport and, you know, getting some reps together. He's going to be missing time on the sidelines. Yeah. So. I don't know. Like what do you think about Locke. that backfield or that receiving core? I like it a lot. They, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks always make the argument like your receiving core should be like a starting five in basketball. Uh, you have like your point guard, your shooting guard, your small forward, your center. And like they built their team like that. They have, they have Albert O and Noah Fan to play like the power forward center roles. Got uh, Cortland Sutton to be the big guy, the small forward. And they got the two speedy guys and two crafty guys with Hamler yeah. and Jerry Judy. I'm a big yeah. fan of the Broncos' offense moving forward, yeah. which is why I'm not even concerned about Handler going down. Like, let him take time to get healthy. Like, they have enough yeah. weapons. Yeah, same. Um, from a real-life perspective, um, I'm super excited. They're going to be deadly, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, presumably. Uh, fantasy, I'm not. I don't like them too much. But real life, yes. Uh, they're going to be fun to watch. I, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of leads that receiving core. You'd say Sutton at first, mm-hmm. um, just because he's he's been in the system for a few years and has – you know, been able to play with Drew Locke, but Jerry Judy's pretty freaking good. So, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the, the be videos training camp have been insane for him. Yeah, he, he's pretty stinking good. So, uh, that'll be interesting. Speaking of training camp, uh, about two weeks now we've been in training camp. Teams have, have switched to pads now, and they're kind of getting right into the thick of things. 
uh, there's been some stuff that have been newsworthy, like some some buzz, some, some things we've heard, some news has come out that uh, some teams have looked certain goods. So, uh, some teams have looked pretty good. Some players have looked pretty good. Some players have looked pretty bad. Uh, just a couple stories we want to hit on that. So first thing I have down here is Patriots quarterbacks and their running backs. What do you think is going on there? So running backs, I think I was actually a pretty big fan of Damian Harris coming out. Yeah. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before. I can't remember when he got drafted. Uh, I was a pretty big fan of him. And then when Sonny Michelle underperformed last year, I was like, oh, he's going to snag that opportunity. Like, Bama running backs are always, at minimum, like solid role players. I can't think of a, a Bama running back in the last, like, 10 years that hasn't been at least a solid role player. So I think Damian Harris is going to steal that job. I don't think that's smoke. I think he's going to be really good for them. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to think. This could be Bill just, like, blowing smoke, just confuse people. Because I don't even, like it's two completely different quarterbacks. It's not like the Eagles where it's like you can legitimately probably put Jalen Hurts at wide receiver and run trick plays, and he could still run routes and catch balls. I don't think you could do that with their quarterbacks. He, this is one hundred percent Bill Belichick just being just being Bill, and I'll. It just goes back to what you said months ago. It's like you don't sign Cam Newton to have him be a distraction on your bench. You just don't do that. Like yeah, they would never have signed the dude. I mean, he was remember he was going unsigned for most of the offseason, everybody was even wondering if he was going to play again. And the mm-hmm. Patriots come in, you know, he takes a little bit of less money than he probably was asking for, and he signs. There's no way they sign him to not be the starting quarterback. There's just – even if he's 90% of what Cam Newton was in 2015 and 16, and uh, he's better – he's still 10 times better than Jarrett Sidham and uh, yeah. uh, Brian Hoyer. So, Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is uh, <laughs> the guys over at Stick the Football, Melo threw out a theory – and he's like, it's the ultimate, like, Bill Belichick, like, mastermind thing you'll ever hear. So it, like, makes sense, even though it's crazy. He, he suggested that the Patriots sign Cam Newton because they like Jared Stidham so much. And Matt Miller, when he said that, was like, what, what do you even mean by that? He's like, I think they couldn't get the locker room behind the kid who was, like, a third-round pick. They didn't believe in him. So, like, let's bring in the former MVP, have Jared Stidham beat him out in training camp, and then the team will rally behind him because he beat out a former MVP. Which sounds crazy, but it also sounds like Bill Belichick. It sounds crazy. I, I'm yeah. I mean, would I be surprised if that's what the what's happening? No, but I don't know. I think he's the starting. I think Cam Newton's the starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, it's not even it's not even a joke. Um, a lot of the beat reporters too are saying he's just he's the alpha. Like he just kind of walks mm-hmm. in. He's already the guy. Uh, he's you know just because of who he is. Um, yeah. I think Cam Newton's starting quarterback. Now speaking of running backs, this is where it gets really interesting for me because a lot of people fantasy wise are fading James White and rightfully so. And PPR dude's been a, a freak uh, in fantasy uh, catching all those passes. But people are lowering him this year, and I'm just wondering. I don't think he's going to be – you know, he's, I don't think he's going to get the most carries. I think Damian Harris or Sonny Michelle are going to get more carries than him. But, I mean, let's not forget, like, Cam Newton can't pass the running backs and hasn't supported a fantasy-relevant running back or really utilize that option in the passing game. I mean, he, he played with Christian McCaffrey for a few mm-hmm. years, really targeted him heavily. And Christian McCaffrey had some really good fantasy fantasy finishes um, playing with Cam Newton. So I think it might be a little too low on James White um, as, in PPR leagues especially, not not really standard or, or half, but in PPR leagues. And I tend to agree with you on Damian Harris. Um, I mean, Sonny Michelle has kind of been given a chance to, to succeed and take over that backfield for a couple years. I don't really think he's done anything with it. He just can't stay healthy. He hasn't really made an impact. So yeah. Damian Harris, I agree with you on that one. Um, it'll be interesting. As a Dolphin fan, this, the, the um, division's wide open this year. So, mm-hmm. well, kind of through Buffalo, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, 
Whatever. Let's talk about your team. Let's talk about the Giants. Yeah. Daniel Jones apparently adding 15 pounds of muscle on. He's becoming the yeah. Hulk now. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he's up to 230 now, and like apparently hasn't lost any speed either. So he's going to be like a force when he scrambles out of the backfield, <laughs> like being 15 pounds heavier and stronger, and still running like a four or five. Daniel Jones is going to be the QB one of the entire season this year. He's lining up for. No, I'm just joking. That's not a hot take. That's just me being funny. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's funny. 15 pounds, 230. I mean, he's he's a pretty good size. Uh, he's pretty he's he's a sleeper this year. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him for obvious reasons. And uh, even Matthew Barry has him as, like, his number three potential breakout player for the season. Yeah. Has him on his, like, preseason love list as, like, a second favorite quarterback for the season. Um, And I think – so a lot of people have been talking about, like, oh, Jason Garrett and the Cowboys offense was boring. But Garrett hasn't called plays for the Cowboys offense for, like, seven years. So you really can't say, like, he's a bad offensive coordinator until we see what he does again because he was a top five offensive coordinator when he was solely calling offensive plays. So I'm excited to see what he does. I think there's a lot of potential there with Evan Engram, who we have listed to talk about being really impressive so far in the uh, the training camp workouts, which he always has been impressive. He was like absolute steal for us, like the 20th overall pick or whatever it was a couple years ago. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah. We keep him healthy. We're looking at like a top three, top five tight end for this year. Huh. Well, what do you think about um... – I know coming into the season, was it was it last season or was it was it in the off season when they put him on the trading block? Was it before the draft? It was uh, going into the trade deadline. Okay, so it just kind of maybe maybe made you think like maybe they're not too super high on him. Um, maybe what he what he brings. I don't know. I, think I mean, just frustrated. He, yeah, if he, I mean, because he can't stay healthy. If he's impressing, I mean, that's one thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to trade somebody that's that's impressing. I mean, or that could be fluff to get a little bit of a better offer for someone out there looking for a tight end. I don't know. I like yeah. Evan Ingram. I think he's good if he can stay healthy. I mean, he's a, he's a super – he's very talented and diverse. And uh, I do too. And I think I think if we do decide to trade him, we're in a good position still tight end-wise. The team and the front office seem to love Caden Smith. Mm-hmm. And he's a much better blocker, which is kind of like – Jason Wooden was obviously a very good receiving threat for the Cowboys during the Jason Garrett era. But he was also a really good blocker for them in the run game. So I could mm-hmm. see them like preferring Caden Smith rather than extending Evan Ingram. Yeah. I could see them pl- let Evan Ingram play the season out, let him walk, or try to trade him yeah. like midway. But I think we'll be fine if they do yeah. let him walk or trade him. Yeah, cool. Moving on. Uh, rookie safety Antoine Winfield Jr. has been impressing in Bucks camp. Uh, any thoughts on that? I was a huge Antoine Winfield fan. I wanted yeah. the Giants to snag him at the top of the second, but I was very happy with Xavier McKinney, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, uh, but I'm excited to see him in practicing. I for some reason the his, the person who's starting uh, is is um, is starting in front of him to start the season is um, I can't remember the name. Uh, it's something like Evans. Uh, I, I Justin Evans. Justin Evans. Yes, I guess he's been out with an eye injury or something or an eye infection or something. It's keeping him off the field, and so Antoine Winfield's getting all the snaps and all the reps in practice, and he's taking that job uh, every day. He's taking the job, and. Uh, I don't know about you, but Bruce Arians' quotes this year at training camp are very funny. Yeah. I don't remember him being this – I mean, he's always been, you know, wearing his little hat and just had his little persona, but he's kind of funny this year. Uh, he yeah. just said that, Jared, you know, uh, Evans better get back um, because Antoine Winfield is coming for that job. And, and that's probably a little shot to the to the starter right there just saying, hey, you know, you don't care about your freaking eye infection. Get on the freaking field. Like, yeah. there's literally a pandemic right now, and we're still practicing and tackling each other, and you are you have an eye infection. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think he's going to be the starter either way. Even if Evans didn't miss time, I think this is just going to make it happen sooner. Yeah. Well, he's impressing, and uh, it's trending that way. Uh, let's talk about my team now, uh, the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the favorite to start the season week one. Uh, and there's been some reports, and I hate to say it, uh, although I'm not surprised that Tua Tagovailoa has been struggling a little bit in camp. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really worried about that. It's it's camp. He's a rookie. He's going to struggle. Um, but I don't know. Um, are you a fan of them starting Fitzpatrick, or do you think they should just throw Tua out there? What do you, What is your thoughts on that? I, I honestly think they should keep Tua on the bench as long as they can. Uh, Fitzpatrick has a tendency to have like a really good season for a team as a spot starter, and then fall off really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think they should like let that ride as long as they can. They have two first round picks next year. Like I'm not saying tank. I'm just saying don't throw two under the fire. Yeah. Like yeah. let him develop. Let Fitzpatrick play. There's even been reports of Rosen looking really good. Like if you want to like not compete for a Super Bowl but like still compete a little bit, let Rosen play. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's struggling. Um, use those two picks, whether they're high or low in the draft, to build around Tua for the following year, when there won't be like a quote unquote asterisk on whatever results they have this year because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm not really indifferent. Um, I think we got our franchise guy. I'm I'm pretty content with that. I don't know. I mean, there was a good new good report that came out too. Is is as he's been struggling a little bit. It's not been you know it's not been the worst. It's not been Nathan Peterman. I mean, it's not been like that. It's just picking up the offense and yeah, the NFL, you know, the flow and the and the, the, the gameplay. Um, I guess after he had like a rough stretch where he was throwing a couple picks or you know just just not completing any passes. He came back and he led the team down and then threw a touchdown pass in, in one of those scrimmages, which is good. You know, you make mistakes. Don't worry about it. You're a rookie. You're learning. Get back on track and, and, and play some football. And I think he's going to be good. So I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that. But for fantasy implications, I don't know. Fitzpatrick's a gunslinger, but it just depends on which Fitzpatrick we get. Exactly. Because, um, <laughs> like, if he comes out like he did, what was it, 2018, week one and two for the Bucks, he was – Yeah. I, I don't know when that – what year, 2017 or 2018, but he was – I think slinging. it was last year. It was last he was year. slinging touchdowns. Well, no, he was last on year. our he team was last year. Yeah, yeah. the year before. It was like 2018 or something. He was like slinging to Deshaun Jackson and just throwing bombs. <laughs> he was like the number one fantasy quarterback. Uh, the dude had the like, like weeks. 14 touchdowns through like four weeks, and then <laughs> he had like, he finished the season with like 20. <laughs> and then he got benched for Jameis again. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited, though. Uh, we have two on our team. I think he's going to be good. Uh, we already talked about Alden Smith um, possibly playing nose tackle, unless you had anything else you want to add to that. No, nothing I want to add to that. Something I do think it's worth mentioning uh, out of a different team, out of the Las Vegas Raiders camp, was Tanner Muse. Like, everybody thought it was a shock when he got drafted in the third round by them. Mm-hmm. And there's talks that he's going to have a very specific role, and he's going to be, like, an immediate starter in that role. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily be on the field all the time, but they're saying he's going to be, like, the tight end eraser for them mm-hmm. in a in a uh, division that has tons and tons of good tight ends. Like, they have to deal with Travis Kelsey – the Patrick Mahomes connection twice a year. So why not throw out a dude who's four four, six something and two forty pounds that could run with Travis Kelsey? <laughs> you say you say four four? Like runs a four four, sorry. Oh, I, thought, I thought you said like a dude who's like four four. Like dude, that's insane. Be like uh, he's little... like he's like six three, two forty and runs a four four. Yeah, like he's gonna he's gonna lock down tight ends. Yeah. That's gonna be interesting. Him and uh was it Isaiah Simmons? Yeah. Give and they were on the same defense three. together too. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I like that. Um, I, I don't know a ton about Tanner Muse, but uh, but I, I did know a lot of people were were surprised when they select him in the third round. Uh, mm-hmm. Gruden's got some plans, I guess. 
Yeah. Got some secret plans. Um, let's move on to uh, the last portion of today's show. Uh, talk a little bit about fantasy football. Um, this not going to spend a lot of time here. Just kind of uh, hit a couple players, and, and we'll tell you if we're um, you know we're buying or selling them. If we're high on them, if we're low on them. Uh, kind of what we think about them. And these are some of the the most popular players that are getting drafted. They're not you know for deeper leagues. This is some of the the I'd say the first fifty picks of a draft. Uh, players that are in that range, with the exception of one, and it's because he's a quarterback. Um, but first guy, Dalvin Cook. Right now, he's uh, his ADP is seven. And he's going in the first round, uh, like mid to late first round. Uh, what do you think about him? Buying or selling? Uh, I'm buying. Um, I think seven is a good draft spot for him. He could probably go a little bit higher, and it's still safe. Uh, Gary Kubiak has influenced the Vikings' offense so much the last few years as like an assistant coach. And now he's the offensive coordinator. So I think it's going to be an even bigger year for Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. I think we mentioned that in our NFC North preview a few months back. Um, and just expecting a big year for him. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's that I drafted him. So he came out his rookie season and played really good. And then the next year I drafted him, you know, um, as like my RB2 or my flex or something. And he ended up getting hurt and – did you miss the whole rest of the season? And ever since then, I've just been there's something about him. I've just been super hesitant to draft him, and I, I'm not saying I'm right for that. Like he's been really, really good when he's on the field. I think for me, I'm just a little hesitant to draft him for a couple of reasons. One, the injury history. Um, it's not like it's not pretty much if he's going to miss games, it's when he's going to miss games. And whether it's even last season, everybody's like, oh, he's healthy now. Well, he still missed like three games. I mean, or two games yeah. or something. So it's not like he he was healthy for all all the all sixteen. Um, yeah. And then also, I, I do feel the Vikings lost a ton of pieces in their offense, or their defense, excuse me. Um, really depreciated the defense. I think they're going to take a step back there. I think Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, and I think he's going to get a little bit less rush attempts. And I'm also hearing some buzz from Alexander Madison and Mike Boone behind him. I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely, I'm not saying at all that Dalvin Cook is not going to be an RB1 at all. I would just probably prefer to take a couple guys over him. Like I would honestly, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I would take Miles Sanders over him. I would take Clyde Edwards-Helaire over him. I would. I know it's a hot take, kind of a hot take. It's a warm take. Um, but but I would. I honestly, in PPR, I'm uh, now. I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna keep it to myself. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I I would say he's the only top running back where I think you have to get his handcuffed. Yeah. Out of all the other guys, like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, like all them. Like, it, it could go either way. Like, you might not need their backup. You probably don't. I think Dalvin Cook, if you draft him, you have to make sure you get Alexander Madison later in the draft. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely don't – like, I don't, I'm not saying, oh, he's, he's a bust, he's going to suck this year, he's going to be awful. I just don't know if I want to get him as my as the seventh running back off the board. There might be a couple mm-hmm. that I'd rather get him in, in, in front of, or Wait. I don't know if I'd draft him in the first round. When you say ADP7, you mean the seventh running back, not the seventh pick? So seventh running back, or I mean seventh oh, pick. Seventh okay, pick, me. I was gonna say I was like yeah. I'm all over that then. Like yeah. he's probably gonna finish top five. Like seven, that's like too low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a seventh pick. I think he's the fifth running back. Um, okay, behind the the top four, the the fantastic four. Uh, next guy, Miles Sanders, kind of touched on him a little bit. Um, I'm pretty high on him. Uh, he's got an ADP of 23, kind of the mid second round, end of you know second round into the third round. What do you think about him? I'm not super high on him. I think he's very talented. Um, we just haven't seen Doug Peterson, even like when he was calling plays in uh, Kansas City, want to have a feature back where he gets all the carries. So I'm just hesitant until I see it, not yeah. because I doubt Miles Sanders, just because I doubt the offensive system that he's in. Dude, I am buying this dude so freak. I cannot even tell you how much I'm buying him. 
Miles, first of all, he's got Boston Scott behind him, and he's got Corey Clement. Doesn't concern me at all. They didn't sign some of the free agents. I know Devontae Freeman's still a free agent. Uh, they had a shot to sign Carlos Hyde before he went to Seattle. They didn't sign him. They didn't sign anybody behind him. So they don't have any of that veteran kind of leadership you know, role that's there um, in front yeah. of him. And then I was a, super excited about him, but I wasn't really ready to draft him around his ADP until Doug Peterson came out two weeks ago and said that he's the guy. So I don't know if that was, again, I don't know if that was coach speak. I don't know if that was just whatever, if he was messing with us that play fantasy. But it sounds like he got the blessing and the anointing from Doug Peterson. And I think he's the guy. I mean, I, I think he's honestly the guy. I don't think Boston's – I think Boston Scott will come in on passing downs and, and handle a little bit of passing work. Um, mm-hmm. But Miles Sanders is amazing. And when he gets the shot last year, I mean, he was he was awesome. And uh, I think end of second round, early third round, you know, even mid-second round, sign me up. I'll take it all day. Uh, every day, every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. Um, yeah, he's, he's probably somebody worth a flyer. I'm just not big on him. I think you don't like him because he's in your, your same division. No, I am actually a big Miles Sanders fan, <laughs> like as a player. I just yeah. don't trust that offense to like use him as a running back one. Yeah. Which, and depending on where you're drafting in fantasy, like that's a running back one slot. Like mm-hmm. if you're at the end of the first round, you're probably going receiver or tight end. So when you come back around in the second round, he's probably your first running back. Yeah. I don't know. I'm big. I'm big on him this year. Uh, DK Metcalf, ADP 56. He's kind of going to the fifth round around that area. Uh, Interesting because he had a very good rookie season. A lot of people doubted him um, that he would be able to produce in the NFL. Played super good. Uh, kind of between him or Tyler Lockett here. Uh, what do you think about DK Metcalf? I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I think fifth round's a little rich, though. There's a lot of really good receivers. Receivers really deep in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't say this take away from him. Kind of like Miles Sanders. Big fan of him. Yeah. But fifth round's a little rich. Like I could probably think of a few more receivers I would take there before I get to him. Yeah, I think I would rather have someone around the same area that, that he's going in. Um, I think I'd rather take someone like a Devontae Parker, um, mm-hmm. someone like that who's who's literally going to be the, R, the the wide receiver one um, in that offense. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, he's super good. He's super productive. I think the Seahawks are going to pass a little bit more uh, this season. Um, coming in, I think their defense isn't going to be as, as good as they, they have been or as competitive. So I think Russell Wilson throws the ball a little bit more. Um I actually like him at his ADP. Um, you know, I'm not mad if I take him in the fifth round. I'm not, like, mad at my team. But Yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe it's because I haven't done a whole lot of, like, fantasy drafts yet, like mock drafts or preparation for the season yet. But 50 just seems rich for me, like around the 50s. Yeah, I get it. Let's talk about your guy. I want to hear I want to hear a rant. I want to get you all fired up right now. <laughs> Daniel Jones, he's currently going as a QB 15, or he's ranked as a QB 14 um, heading into the season. Um, I have a little higher than that, actually. I think he's going to be pretty good. What do you think about Daniel Jones fantasy-wise heading into the yeah. season? Yeah, we've talked about this several times throughout our first few episodes. Um, hopefully, and the expectation is for him to take a big jump. He showed a lot of promise his rookie year. All of that without his like five main offensive weapons starting together one snap. Once, yep. Yeah, so factor that in with the fact that you're also getting a better offensive coordinator better offensive line and better offensive line coach who will even make players we've already had improve like Will Hernandez and Kevin Zaytler. Uh, I think it's a big, big year for Daniel Jones. And I think it's also like Daniel Jones is going to either get Dave Goodman fired or have him stay for another year. Yeah. Um, big fan of him. I think him and Darius Slayton have a connection going together and Darius Slayton not being the only person he has to throw to because everybody else is injured uh, will be really helpful. 
for him because they're everybody's going to key into Daniel Darius Slayton this year if Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard go down again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got Saquon back for you know hopefully sixteen games too, which is he's an awesome pass catching back too. So that'll be another weapon for him. That's um, another thing too with the offense. We're not running straight up the middle on first and ten and second and ten with Saquon anymore. We're running a lot of outside zone now. Is what I'm hearing out of training camp. Yeah, it, rightfully so. I mean, I don't understand what the game plan was last year. Um, but yeah, I'm high on Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be good. Take another leap. Uh, he was good. And he also has like sneaky upside running the football. A lot of people don't really understand or know that about him. Uh, 15 pounds of muscle, 230 now. Truck people. Going to be a freak. Uh, last person we got, Devontae Parker. I touched on him a second ago. Uh, currently ADP of 50, wide receiver 25. Um, I will take that all the way to the bank. I don't understand why people are down on Devontae Parker this year. He was literally a wide receiver one last year. I think he was a top – was he a top 10 receiver last year or top 12? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember. But uh, the dude is – he's good. And I know we've been burned by the, the Devontae Parker train for like four years in a row now where everybody drafts him and then he gets hurt and he doesn't play and he doesn't play yeah. good. But come on. I mean, he put together a great season last year. He's finally healthy. Whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua Tagovailoa, it's probably the best quarterbacks he's had throwing him the football outside of Ryan Tannehill. But Tannehill wasn't Titans Tannehill in Miami. So, yeah, he was Adam Gase Tannehill. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's another thing. Devontae Parker was in the Adam Gase, Adam Gase doghouse for mm-hmm. his first couple of years. So he's out of that. He was featured. A lot of people thought Brian Flores and the Dolphins were going to get rid of him on uh, the offseason. And they kept him and signed him. And he's literally taken off. And he was a big part of their offense last season. So, yeah. Uh, I'm all in on him and his ADP. I mean, that's a steal. That's a that's like a wide receiver one or you know a high end wide receiver two. You're getting the freaking 50th pick in the draft. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Something noteworthy too with Devontae Parker and the Dolphins' offense in general is under Chan Gailey, there'll probably be a lot more pass happy no matter who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, wide receiver one based on depth chart, based on production, but also on the fact that they're going to be moving to a more pass happy happy offense, and he's their best receiver. He's going to yep. get more targets, get more share of the offense. So I'm big on him too. I think that's a steal also. At ADP 50. That's insane. And that's, this is all, by the way, these uh, ADPs and the rankings are from fantasy pros, like the expert consensus rankings. I guess they all kind of put a bunch of experts together and it comes out. So it's not like my own or PJ's own, just what the experts think. Um, last thing we got before we wrap up this show, um, just want to end on this. Um, the college football season, obviously some conferences have decided to um, postpone, I'll say their season. I know there's been talk about maybe playing in winter. Um, nothing has come to fruition yet, but um, college football, a lot of conferences has have opted out to play. Um, Pac-12, uh, Big Ten out, and uh, what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, I know the SEC is playing. I know is the ACC playing. Yep, they're still playing. ACC's playing. Uh, going to look super weird. Um, what do you think? How is this going to impact college football heading heading forward? Yeah, so you already mentioned the two that have opted out. I think the Pac-12 and Big Ten have opted out. Um, some key things that have affected that so far, and then we'll talk about more specifics, is the NCA is uh, moving towards adding one year of eligibility for any player who plays or doesn't play this year. So, like, if you're a senior, like Sam Ellinger is a perfect example of this, um, who may not be a first-round pick or a top-ten pick or something, and you love college football and you want to bet on yourself for one more year, you can go back as a graduated senior using all four years of eligibility next year. So – Sam Ellinger could come back this year, look really good, but he's not happy with where his draft stock is and go back huh. for another year and improve his draft stock even more. 
So that's like one way that plays out. Another way is like for recruiting, it's going to screw teams up like yeah. big time, like Alabama, for example, like they constantly churn players out left and right. So they're handing out scholarships left and right. But you might have like a, a Najee Harris or a Devonte Smith, like decide they want that extra year at Alabama. So then they lose two more scholarships for future prospects. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be huge for that. Um, and then another implication is senior bowl with those conferences opting out and then the mountain Valley conference as well, which is like a little lesser known one, but they have North Dakota skate. Um, you have big prospects that are going to be playing in the spring or might not just play at all this year and it'll affect senior bowl. It'll affect the draft. It'll affect the combine. So uh, Jim Nagy, the director of senior bowl was talking about maybe having a two week long senior bowl. So that way the guys who aren't playing from the PAC 12, big 10, the mountain Valley get more eyes in front of scouts on them. Because, for example, like Trey Lance, Trey Lance looks like a first-round pick from his one-year tape, and he's going to go out of college football having never thrown an interception, <laughs> which sounds insane, but, like, he's only done it one season. So there are still question marks. So, like, he doesn't play this year, goes to the draft. There could be a team that lets him slide all the way out of the first round hmm. just because there isn't that much tape. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. another thing, the ACC is still playing, but the Big Ten is not. So this is Trevor Lawrence's chance to establish himself over Justin Fields as the quarterback one. But also, Jim Nagy mentioned that Trevor Lawrence graduates this year. He's technically a junior, like a true junior, but he's finishing his degree this year. So he's technically senior bowl eligible. So you could even see him come out and do the senior bowl, which would be the highest level, highest caliber prospect senior bowl's ever had. Hmm. This could be really interesting this year. Man. Yeah, there's a lot of little intricate details that are affected or impacted through this decision. Um, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, they need to stop arguing about all this and make us a college football game again yeah i'll say that which a lot of people are saying <laughs> that the name image likeness meetings about it aren't even necessarily about that or the money it's conferences just trying to make power moves right now like that's kind of what happened with the big 10 a lot of people are saying the big 10 tried to force everybody else's hand yep like the pac-12 they were like okay we're not gonna lose that much off it we're like we're a big football conference but like we're the like baby brother to everybody else so let's do what we think is smart. And the Big Ten was just like, oh, if we go, everybody else will go. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nah, Ohio State, you want to come play in the SEC? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you even see, you even saw people like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence signing petitions to play. Um, you know, they want to play. And parents are traveling to the schools, um, you know, just protesting about it. And then the crazy thing, too, is I, I don't know if this is true, but I read an article just saying, like, the data that the Big Ten used to opt out or to kind of go by – was just like it, it didn't make any sense. The data wasn't really there to support like shutting down the season. And you've also had all these examples. Like for example, kids are going back to college classes, you know, on campus. That poses as a risk. And then you also see how the NFL is doing things, and you see how the NBA has done things, and how it is possible to like have sports take place in a safe environment. But unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to say the NCAA is all about money because they're obviously losing a ton of money by not playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are about money, but like this decision really isn't. I mean, they can't be making money off of it, but I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, unless, I, I don't know. It's definitely a hot take, and it's like a kind of a conspiracy theory, but it's like all of a sudden all the players are wanting to fight for, like, pay, and then they're like, oh, yeah, no season now. So Yeah, that's literally what it is, is what a lot of people are saying. Yeah. One thing I do find interesting, too, is I was highly, highly expecting big schools, like major schools who could compete for national championship, like a UF, Alabama, Clemson, schools like that that are already leaning towards like a hybrid online in-person schooling semester, just canceling in-person classes and letting only the football team on campus. Mm-hmm. 
like turn the university into a bubble for the football team That'd be crazy. for the season because they're going to lose so much money if football season gets canceled. A lot. A so lot. you'd think they would be like, I don't care about the tuition or board for people that are not going to be on campus. Like talking a couple million dollars from tuition and board versus multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry with football. Yeah. It's insane. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, that's all we have uh, for today's show. Uh, you have anything else you want to add? No. So good to be talking football again and ready oh, for it to get started. Dude, it's so good. Uh, you and I are in some uh, like like three or four fantasy leagues together. So um, this is probably the last time I'm going to be sharing any any of my little secrets. <laughs> to no fantasy for a few weeks is what you guys are hearing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, that's it for the show. Next week we have a uh, we're gonna have a special guest on our our boy Austin Blake. He's gonna come on. He's a, uh, a Colts fan and he's actually happy about uh, Philip Rivers. So uh, I'll let him explain that. Um, he's going to be on, we're going to play, what is it? Would you rather? Yeah. We're going to play a fun game, uh, kind of shake things up a little bit. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, it's always awesome to talk some football, but might as well have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at TJ Shriano and Alex Burns underscore FF. It's been real. It's been a long time guys. It's good to be back as always. Enjoy your football.